0: Cynthia, well good morning. good morning. If you've got a Bible, if you'll grab it please. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Exodus. Um, I was sitting there thinking when Deb did the, did the children's sermon, imagine if we did a, a parent sermon, when we asked all the parents for their kids' excuses they've given them for getting out of stuff, right? Um, that kids didn't have much, but we're going to talk about excuses. Um, turn to Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Uh, we are walking through this series called Turning Points, looking at these spiritual truths that can help us. Not just things that we can do differently, but these truths that if we can grasp onto, they can literally become t- turning points in our life. We've talked uh, quickly, we've talked over the last couple of weeks about how Jesus is all we need. We talked about how we are complete in him. We talked about how he longs for intimacy with us. That was the reference that Dev prayed earlier about this church in Laodicea, the lukewarm church. He longs for intimacy with us. Um, and, and last week, uh, everybody's favorite sermon was we looked at stepping out of comfort zones where God calls us to step out, not to just where we have kind of lulled ourselves to sleep and get comfortable, but calls us out in obedience to do things. Uh, and if you were like me, sometimes I'm very good at talking myself out of what God might be calling to do. So maybe this sermon's for me. Uh, but we're going to look today at um, what God's going to do um, about these excuses for life. I, I will share this before we read. Um, I looked up online just because I, I always like to try to find something semi-humorous or things like that. Uh, Reader's Digest has an article that t- talked about legit, real excuses that people turn into their employer for not coming into work. Okay, So if this is yours, then we got a problem. I'm just kidding. Um, just a couple of them. Some of them are kind of weird, but they were all, whether they're true or not, these were turned into their employer for why they couldn't go to work. An employee said they couldn't come in because their llama wouldn't stop throwing up. There you go. There's one. An employee called in and said they were sick because they accidentally ate cat food instead of tuna, and they got really sick. There's another one. I think they overshared a little too much. One said, my grandma tried to poison me again. I don't know what that means. Um, One said a man and his wife, they had a fight, and he had to spend all day getting his stuff out of the dumpster. There you go. Maybe some counseling needs. Uh, an employee said he ha- had to go to a funeral for his wife's cousin's pet because he was both uncle and bear. There you go. Uh, one said his false teeth flew out the window when he was driving. That's weird. Um, one said he he actually caught his uniform on fire because he put it in the microwave to dry. That's weird as well. Uh, an employee. Um, well, I'm gonna skip that one. That one's kind of too weird. Uh, an employee had a headache after going too many garage sales. Or this last one said I couldn't go to work because my fake eyelashes were stuck together. There you go. Uh, if you need an excuse to go to work, there you go. There's your excuses. But here's the thing. As silly as those are, as Deb said in the children's sermon, excuses are to get us out of something that, that someone or what God has called us to do. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand where you're at. We're going to do something different today. We're going to look at this amazing story of, of, of Moses. You go ahead and stand up. We're going to read our text. We're going to read chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, but I'm not going to preach through that. This is the story where God is calling him. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five points of his excuses, and we're going to put ourselves against it, so we're going to kind of be in different places in chapter 3 and 4. But I thought rather than paraphrase it, I wanted to set the tone for when God is calling Moses to do this ultimate delivery of all these people out of, out of slavery. So let's stand together, we'll read this, we'll pray, and then we're going to walk through these excuses of Moses and see um, what they apply to us and what God shows him. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of the fire within this bush. Moses saw that through the bush, though the bush was on fire, excuse me, it was not burned up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over, to look, God called to him within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the Lord, your God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he could not and was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slavery, and I'm concerned about their suffering." So I'm going to come down, and I'm going to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and now the crowd of the Israelites has reached to me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, look at verse 10. This is important. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Let's pray together. Take just a second. We're going to go through things pretty quickly today, but in your own heart, in your own way, would you just ask God. You may already know God's calling you out. Maybe last week we talked about comfort zones. If you weren't here, God wants us to do that, to step out in faith, to not get so settled into our pews in our life where we just kind of have these self-imposed areas where, God, here's where you can work with me. And maybe you already know in your life that you've got excuses, you've got reasons that you've given him to not obey, to not follow through. Would you ask him to work in your heart, and if you don't mind, ask him to speak through me that we would all be changed today. God, you've heard your people and you know our hearts. You know our week, you know the week behind us, you know the week ahead of us, you know what the rest of the day holds. You know the excuses and the inner beings of our hearts and the the areas of life that you're calling us out to that maybe we're wrestling with and struggling with. So Father, just meet us in this place, young and old and in between, every one of us that you might do something special today and show us who you are. And Lord willing that you would call us out and we would obey. We ask it in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Well, I ask you if you're a note taker, even if you're not, I'm going to give you five points. And here's what I'm going to give you right off the bat. We're going to go quickly. Um, and they'll all be coming up again. But here's what I need. I, I'm really excited about today. I'm a little convicted by this as well, uh, even preparing. But here's the five excuses uh, the way I'm going to put them that Moses said, You just saw the call. I'm asking you to go do this. And Moses is going to start off on number one, saying, I'm not qualified. Chapter 3, to 11. I don't know enough. I'm afraid. I'm not skilled, I don't know, I don't have enough, I'm not good at anything. And number five, I just don't want to. We're going to get to the heart of this, but here's where we're going to go. I'm asking you to write these down because they're real and they're true, and if you're not living in excuses, you're going to find some someday. Because make no mistake, the call in our lives is to step out in faith and do what he's asked us to do. So let's look at this. We're going to jump around, but I want you to see this. The very first excuse that Moses gives is that I am not qualified in verse 11. Look at what, verse 11, chapter, chapter 3. Right after the call, Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring these Israelites out of Egypt? Did you hear right off the bat what he said? Now you know what you're getting called to, but listen to what he says Who who am I? Who am I to do this? You're asking me? I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm just a nobody. I'm not qualified. You want me to teach something? You want me to go out? You want me to do this? Like, who, who am I to do that? I thought about my friend Stephen I mentioned last week that said yes in obedience to working with students, and it turned into 25 years of faithful obedience. Now a deacon, now serving, now teaching, still working with you. Because he said, yes, he didn't. Well, he, he did use that excuse first. I was like, I'm, I don't know anything. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not qualified to do that. You ever use that? God ever asked you to step out, maybe to teach or speak or go and do something? I was thinking about when I was a youth pastor. I remember I was supposed to be able to speak. And I remember my, my pastor at the time d- did what I try to do sometimes and, hey, let our youth pastors preach. And I remember my pastor came up to me and said, hey, do you want to preach? I went, nope. I like, he's like, you don't want to I was like, nope. He should have just thrown me up there and made me do it. But I was like, no, I'm just going to stay in the basement talking to the kids. I'm going to do this because I was scared. I was, I, was, I was scared to get in front of people because I was afraid I was going to mess up. I didn't know what to do. And I just kind of lived in fear. So I had all these, I had all these good excuses. I, I just said, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. Moses' first reaction was, no, not me. Not me. And the truth is this, is that so many of us, we do this. But look at what he says in verse 12. I love this. I hope you have your Bibles. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, Moses, you are good enough. He doesn't say that. He never falsely tries to give him some, some, sort of, some sort of confidence. Look what he says. God says, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. We know the story. Dev, Dev gave it away. At the end, we, what's the first thing that comes to Pharaoh? You think of the, the Red Sea. It gets parted. God uses him. Not to the cat out of the bag, guys, but he's teaching them right now. This is an epic failure moment of Moses. So we picture him staff in hand, sweet, long, Duck Dynasty beard, whatever that looks like, Charlton Heston, some of you guys, old guys, okay, there you go. Uh, You think of all this, but this is what he's teaching him. Moses says, not me, I ain't doing it. That's excuse number one, but before we get to the finishes, I want you to think, God promises, God says, I will be with you. But I want you to think about this. Sometimes in my heart, and I, 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 the rest of us get going to go pretty quickly, but sometimes our past, we start thinking, I, I'm not qualified because you don't know where I've come from. Forty years before this, you know what happened? Moses killed a man because he was seeing a fellow Hebrew get beaten. Now, people debate on this. Well, Moses was justified. I'm not saying that, but Moses killed a man, buried him in the sand, and hid. And then we find him here when God says, now it's time to go. You think Moses wants to go to Pharaoh? Pharaoh put a, he- a bounty on him. Go get this Moses. Moses is like, I ain't going there. He's trying to kill me. You want to do all this? No. I'm not qualified. I'm not going back to this guy. God says, I'm with you. None of us is good enough. None of us is qualified. None of us is that. But that is a fear and that is an excuse that will keep it. Even when Jesus called the disciples in Acts 28, he says, go make disciples of all nations. These underqualified guys, you know what he tells them? He goes, surely I'm with you to the ends of the earth. So, I'm just going to tell you this. If there's anybody that's in this room that hears my voice, that God's calling you, and you're like, not me, I, I can't. I'm not good enough. You're not. This, this is not a self help motivational speech. I'm not giving you one. None of us is qualified. God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. We're all called to service. And whatever that might be, He is with you. That's excuse number one. Number, excuse number two is found in verse 13, where He's going to kind of shrug His shoulders and be like, I don't know. I don't know enough. I don't know this. But look at what He said. This is kind of cool. Moses said to God in verse 13, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of our fathers has sent me to you. And then they're going to ask, What's his name? Then what shall I tell them? Now, this is, this is kind of cool, kind of weird, kind of, kind of interesting here. So Moses is kind of Okay, let's say, let's say I do, do, do this. Who are you? What's, what's your name? Now, I find it interesting because in chapter 3 of Exodus 5 and 6, God tells him, don't come any closer. We just read it. Take off your sandals. The place where I'm standing is holy ground. And he tells him in 6, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Did Moses forget? Did Moses kind of shrug his shoulder and go, I don't know? Did Moses feel insecure to do this? And he needs to know because Moses was raised... You know, he was, he, he, was, he was raised in Egypt and adopted a son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses would have been familiar with all the names of the dozens and dozens of Egyptian gods like Ra, Anubis, Hathor, uh, all these things, the Canaanite gods, Baal, and Asherah. Did he come and say, I need a name. I need to be able to tell them because they're going to ask me, if I go, hypothetically, if I do this, who sends, who, am, who's, who am I here for? I love what God says to him in verse 14. Look what he says. God tells Moses, I am who I am. He that's not his name yet. This is what you tell the Israelites. I am. Talk about his being. I am has sent you. Verse 15, God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, it's probably capitalized in your Bible, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he has sent me. This is my name forever, and the name you shall call me or be remembered from generation to generation. Hence, you're going to forget. You see, the I am is not God's name. He's reminding him of his being. And I love this because God starts with his being, and he gets to his name. I love how John Piper puts this because I needed some help understanding this. And John Piper says, God, God's building a bridge for, between his between his being and his name, before you can think about my name, he says, I want you to know I am his being, who he is. He is ever-present. He is also Yahweh, the God who is ever-present, the God who has created all things. So suppose I do go. He says, you tell him Yahweh has sent you. That's my name, Moses. You tell him. You're not qualified. But you would think, I was telling somebody this morning, you would think at this moment when God reminds him, you're not qualified, I'm with you, tell him Yahweh sent you, you would think that this would be a, whatever gif or meme you want about this, let's go moment, like, let's go, like, beat your chest, let's do this, right? Now Now we're at the point where Moses is going to say, let's do it, I don't care, where's Pharaoh? I got my rod, my staff. I'll, I'll, let's go, let's do it. But what does he do? Look at the third excuse, and this is where... God's been hammering me this week. In chapter 4, verse 1, Moses comes and is afraid. He's going to do what I do all the time. Maybe you do too. Look what he says in chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, what if they don't listen? What if they don't believe me or listen to what I say? Quote, the Lord did not appear to you. Do you know what he does? Now, please hear this because I've been pressed on this all week. God told him they're going to listen. They will hear you, Moses. Tell them, I sent you. And Moses, in fear, do you do this? He looks down the road and creates a hypothetical situation where this ain't going to work. I feel the Lord called me to start a Bible study. I bet nobody's going to come. God's calling me to step out and, and offer forgiveness and maybe reconcile a relationship. But what if they don't feel the same? Well, I do. And God was smashing me this week because what they won't listen. What if I, I need to jump into a small group because I know that I'm supposed to be in, in a group and bring, you know, like community and the Bible? What if I feel weird? What if somebody asks me to pray out loud and I don't want to do that? I, I, I'm not doing it. What if I'm supposed to be doing the right thing at work and I don't, what if I'm a student in school and God's calling me to live in holiness and obedience or college and, and everybody around me is not, but what if I do that? I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb. I'm going to be the only one. In these hypothetical situations, looking down the road, expecting the worst. Does anybody else do that? Don't raise your hand. I do that all the time. Something at the church, something in my life, like, yeah, I think, yeah, it probably won't work. I'm like Debbie Downer. I'm just kind of always assuming the worst. That's what Moses does. He's fearful of what may or may not even happen. He's insecure. And just like that, you and I, this is what happens to me. We get nestled in and get comfortable and cozy. And like I said last week, we go back to these little self-imposed comfort zone areas where we tell God in our insecurities and our failures and our fears, we're like, this is where you can work with me. Out there, I don't do that. Why? What if? You want me to go talk? What if they don't listen? What if they don't? Now hear my heart today, because I guarantee you, I don't have any proof of this, I guarantee you there is somebody who can hear my voice that God is calling you to do or be or step out in some area, and you are not because of this situation. Excuse number three. But what if? What if it don't work out? What if if it does? What if God is calling you to act in obedience, and you step in in faithfulness? What if it does? What if he moves? What if he does something you might not even have known about? See, in chapter 4, verses 3 through 9, I'll paraphrase these insecurities. God tells him what to do with his staff and put his hand in there. It's going to heal. He does, does all these things. You can read it later. But all of these things help reassure Moses that I'm enough. You can trust me. That's the point. I think it's fascinating when you see the patience that, that God has with Moses. Do you ever assume the worst in any possible situation? It ain't gonna work. I just said ain't sorry, that's not very good, pastoral. It will not work because of what if? I can't be obedient, I can't be faithful, I can't live this way because what if? The last place church that Satan wants for you and I to be is to believe by faith, to step out in obedience, and say yes, even if we don't know how it's going to play out. Parents, you ask your kids to trust you in all kinds of things, all the time. So we understand this. This is my world. So I, I always I mention parents. We ask your kids to do things, whether you understand it or not. I'm asking you to, to trust me and understand that this is what's best for you. But what if? We need to trust in Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him. I love how the late Charles Stanley puts this. He died in April, but listen to what he says. He says this idea of trusting. If we don't fully trust God, we may be reluctant to follow the path he's chosen for us. Even though He's always leads us the right way, our fears or our uncertainty could cause us to sidestep his commands and opt for our own course. In my life and your life, whether you're living in sin, whether you're living in in, in holiness but if if we're sitting back in our comfort zones and we're not being obedient because we're we're living in fear or excuses the bottom line is because we don't trust that God's word or his purpose for us is going to happen we don't trust him and so we step back and say I'm going to live my way I'm going to live David's way I'm going to do what I want to do and I love the patience because fears and doubts are real but we must trust him and that's what I'm going to ask you to do today We got two more excuses and we'll go quickly. Number four is this in in verse 10 of chapter four, Moses says, I'm not skilled enough. We are talking about qualified. He says, You're not. But look what he says Moses says to the Lord in verse 10, Pardon your servant, I have never been an eloquent speaker, excuse me, neither in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. A lot of people think Moses had a stuttering issue. Now, I don't know. I mean, people debate on that, whether he could get words out or whatever. But that's what he told him. The truth is, is Moses might be right. God's not asking for a great speaker. He's asking him to say yes. He's asking him to be obedient. He's asking him to trust him and step out. We all have different gifts. I'm not, I don't want to read the whole text, but Romans 12, 6-8 says we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And whatever it is, we use it for the Lord. We do it cheerfully. We're all equipped. We're all gifted. We all have skills and abilities. So for us to tell God in the calling of our life, whatever he's calling us to do, is say, yeah, I don't have the skill set for that. Look what he says in verse 11-12. through 12. The Lord said to him, Who gave you? human beings, their mouths, and who makes the deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Look at what he says in verse 12. Now go. I will help you speak and teach you what to say. You know what he tells him? Hear this. This is so applicable, so practical. Go. I'm going to help you figure it out on the way. Don't put limits on yourself. I think sometimes God wants us to step out and, and be obedient and step out in faith. And he's going to teach you. He's already said, I'll, I'll teach you what to say. I'll show you what to do. But church, look at me this morning. I know, it's, I know it's a lot, but here's the reality that some of us, we won't, we'll live in fear. And he's saying, just go, step out, say yes, live in obedience. I will teach you and show you what to do on the way. Can I go back to the point of the whole sermon? Do you trust him? Do you understand and think he really will follow through? Number five, the excuse, the most honest one where he just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, number five. Moses said in verse 13, pardon your servant. Please send somebody else. Help me out here. Don't say that loud, but basically what is he saying? I'm not doing it. Somebody else. (laughs) You're barking up the wrong tree. I, I appreciate you asking. But I'm going, to ask, I, I'm going to kindly say no. There's somebody else, I'm sure, out there. Sure, there's somebody else. Now, you know the story. Um, as I close this thing up, and I want to, we're going to take the Lord's Supper and kind of celebrate the faithfulness of our God and we can trust Him. Over and over, Moses is showing his limitations. He's showing why he can't do something. But here's the thing. When God called him, he's revealing his intention to bless Moses tremendously in this deliverance of of Israel. He's going to do it. He's still going to accomplish that. He's revealing his sovereign power that there's no obstacle. There's nothing that could limit him. I'm with you. I've done this. I created you. I'm Yahweh. I am the Lord. I am doing all of this. And the bottom line is, do you trust me? And that's the thing, is that I'm going to say, it's the crux of the whole sermon, is Moses didn't trust God. And God's teaching him in this moment. He's teaching him to trust him, because you know the story. He's going to use his brother, uh, his brother Aaron's going to come in, and he's going to be the mouthpiece. And I'm I'm not going to go through all of it for time's sake, but you could go through all of this. Later on, in in chapter 4, uh, 29 through 31, Moses and Aaron, they're brought together, and they spoke to them, and they believed, and they worshipped, and they did all of this stuff. He uses Aaron to be the mouthpiece, but God, hear this, God still used Moses. He's not off the hook. He still includes him. He says, fine, you're going to do it. You're going to tell him, I'm going to speak to you, Moses. You're not off the hook. I'm not letting you go. I'm going to speak to you. You're going to tell Mo, Aaron, and he's going to tell him. He did just kick Moses off to the side because you know the story. He's eventually going to have a sweet beard. He's going to put the, the staff in the water, and he's going to part the Red Sea. He's going to do all of that. Question for you. Just, to, just maybe talk about it at lunch. Do you think we get to that point if God doesn't teach him all these things along the way? I don't know. God can use whoever and whatever he wants. My question to you today is this. Myself at the top of the list, because my biggest excuse is number three. My biggest biggest excuse is, yeah, but, but what if it doesn't work out? My challenge today is this, whatever and wherever God might be calling you out to, my question today is this, and your excuses, is, is, can you get beyond those, is do you trust him? Do you trust him to do what he says he's going to do? Do you trust that he is who he says he is? And the call in your life of holiness and obedience and stepping out in faith and doing what he's called you to do, we can blow it off, we can minimize it, we can do all the things we want, but the bottom line is you, you trust him or you don't. And I'm up here on the stage telling you that when I do the what if game, I do not trust him because I say I don't trust you that you're going to follow through. I don't trust it. if I live in obedience and faithfulness, even if nobody else is around me, even a high school, college kid or an adult, if I do things faithfully, I don't know if you're going to follow through. I just don't know if I trust you. Now look at me and I'm going to be done. That's where we start. Imagine this morning, if beyond the excuses, if you could radically just deal with the issue of saying, God, I just need you to help me learn to trust you because I really don't. I don't trust that you're going to do this. I don't trust in your character. I don't trust in who you are. I think that's where God just says, now we're going to get somewhere. Now we're going to step out because you've got to deal with those heart issues. That's, that's the call today. So I'm going to ask you to bow where you're at for just a minute. We're going to prepare our hearts. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to remember and reflect the faithfulness and the, the grace and the mercy of Jesus. But here's the thing. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. You can if you, can, if you want to. But my, my heart's desire this morning as your pastor is this please don't blow this off. The call on your life may be different than the person next to you. The struggle in your heart may be greater or lesser than the person next to you. But here's the thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, that God has called us to step out in obedience and faith, whatever that could be, whether it seems small or whether it seems big. But I need you to reckon with this. Do you trust him? Or do we allow ourselves to get lulled into comfortability because of our excuses, just like Moses? He's still going to use him, show grace to him, include him, and do great things. But Moses needed to learn this. He needed to be taught to trust, to have faith, and believe so that he could step out. Would you pray for just a second? The deacons are going to come down. They're going to prepare the elements. I just want to give you a moment. You can pray. You can kneel. You can sit. You can come down if you want to. But just take a few minutes to prepare your hearts. Because we're going to take the elements, and we're going to take the bread, and we're going to take the juice, and we're going to remember the faithfulness of our God, who sent his one and only son to die for you and me, not just so that we can get out, get out of hell and go to heaven, but so that we can live a righteous, faithful life on earth in obedience and yes, inherit the, the, the glories of the kingdom.